there's a song out that I listen to contemporary Christian music and there's a song out by Toby Mack. It's sort of a rap and I don't like rap necessarily, but he puts it in a Christian perspective. And some of the words, if you listen to the words, uh, they're, they're interesting. But the, the, one of the, the lyrics in this song that he plays is when love broke through. When love broke through. And it's jazzy. So you have to kind of tap your toe. When, you, when you're listening to it, but when love broke through, but when God breaks through, something happens. And this is what's happening to Moses and David and Darcy have set us up to where we can read verses 1 through 10. Y'all know the story. I'm going to talk about it a little bit because Moses' life is a life of uh, when God broke through. And uh, I call it divine interruptions. You know, Sometimes life gets mundane and sort of like just here we go through the motions. And and then all of a sudden, God breaks through suddenly. Actually, the Bible talks about that. Thank you, Michelle. God breaks through. God breaks in. Y'all read it with me. If you like, stand, sit, or ever how you want to position yourself, you can read with me. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. And so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, and Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh and to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God's going, uh, you know the story here that uh, actually Moses was being raised by his own mother there under the observation there of Pharaoh when he was put in the basket there in the river, and uh, actually God in his, again, providential care, and the way he works things out is that actually Moses was uh, being nursed there by his mother, and his mother was being paid to do it by Pharaoh. So wonderful. Isn't that amazing what God can do? Now, these stories are real, and they, they actually happened. And so when you look at your own life, you wonder, can God work this situation out? Because a lot of times in life, like what we've talked about, is that life is mundane and it's sort of like just going through, you know, we're just kind of 
putting our pants on in the morning, going to work, we come home, go to bed and all that. But all of a sudden, and I want to say suddenly, God breaks in. God comes and has a divine interruption. He does something in your life. When you came to Jesus, there was a divine interruption there. He came into your life. You realized that you were a sinner and you realized that you needed forgiveness and the only forgiveness would come through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who gave himself for us, who has a plan for your life and my life. And so that divine interruption, when God broke through in our lives, uh, I, I just believe so. it's so powerful because it wakes us up. It's like it gives us new spiritual energy to say, I can, I can keep on keeping on. I can, I can keep on walking in this direction God has for me. And it may be today that some of us need that divine interruption. But I believe that God does that. And what we do, and we've mentioned here, we position ourselves, we draw close to the Lord, we build our relationship with Christ through the Word of God and through our prayer life and our prayer, our fellowship with other Christians and believers to encourage one another in the faith. And all of a sudden, at that right time, because you see, God is sovereign and He does it in His time and His way. I believe God's word for us today is, and I would say this because I felt like God speaking yesterday and pressing upon me, and that is, is don't give up. Don't give up. The answers to your prayers that you've been praying, the, the things that have been your dreams on your heart about life, the, the thrust. We've had so many things happen in 2018. We've had such devastation there, even in 2017, and we're coming along. And then I felt like God impressed upon me, as I mentioned, and the word for 2019 was, it's a year of new beginnings. A new beginnings. You know, God loves to give new beginnings. He loves that. Isn't that encouraging? You know, we need new beginnings. We need that. It's not, yes, we are starting over in a way, but in a way, it's kind of like we're just getting into a fresh relationship with Jesus Christ. We're, we're falling in love with him. And so that time when God sort of comes in and interrupts you in your life and seems like, boy, it's just really dry here, Jim. It's getting dry. You know, we're going through the motion. The, the old body is aching and, and the things that are happening health-wise and, and circumstantial-wise and family-wise and world-wise. We talked last week about the fact that, you know, when the celebration over the abortion issue there in uh, New York State, and we've heard the controversy this past week in Virginia about what we see, and I believe is downright infanticide. I believe that it's just killing killing children there, whether they're in the womb or out of the womb, and, and we're celebrating this. We see that, and what that does is we linger on that subject a lot. It brings us down, and we need a divine interruption. In fact, we need a divine interruption in this country. We need God to break through in this country, in America today. Don't you believe it? Amen. We need that today because the only thing that's going to turn this thing around is a divine encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only answer. And so we're asking, God, we need that. Moses had that. Moses' life was wonderfully blessed. You know, again, he'd been raised there in Pharaoh's house, the wonderful thing about it. And, and there were those pivotal moments we talked about last week 
that in Daniel's life and all, there were pivotal moments in Moses' life also when God unexpectedly showed and changed his life forever. Remember there that what we see here in the story is that for 40 years that you know, Moses had lived there, and then, then uh, what happened is we look at what happened in the, in the story is he came in, he felt a call of God on his life, and he, I think maybe down in his heart, he may be used to, to deliver the Hebrew children out of slavery there in Egypt and all, and, and Moses, remember how the story goes there? He killed the Egyptian he killed, he went over because the Egyptian was uh, actually beating his his people, the Hebrew children. Now he, he had left Pharaoh's house. The one, the thing about it is he had left Pharaoh's house under the blessing there of being in, he could have ra- been raised up in power in Pharaoh's house, but he said, no, I'm going to go live with my people who are living under suffering. And so he left. And he went in the bondage of the Hebrew slaves. They were slaves. And he considered them, obviously, he was a part of that. And remember, again, I'm backing up and I'm speaking twice here, double talking. But then he saw that Egyptian who was doing harm to some of his brother, Hebrew uh, brothers, and he went and killed the Egyptian. He took matters in his own hands. And uh, I'm sure he probably thought God would use this to start the delivering process of what he wanted to do, to bring the Hebrew children out of slavery into the land of promise, into the freedom land. And that wasn't what happened at all. You remember, Moses was placed there. He had to flee for his life. And the Bible talks about going on the backside of the desert, and he tended sheep. And he did that for the 40 years. He was back there. Here he was, mundane, just going through, trying to make it through life, minding his own business. And then we see here in the story what happened. God showed up. There was a divine interruption. God broke through and said, now it's time. I'm calling you. Remember, basically Moses was saying, let's get on with this, Lord. Let's deliver the Hebrew children out of the hand of slavery, out of Pharaoh's hand. We know the story because even if you saw the movie, The Ten Commandments, you'd be up to snuff on it, okay? But as the Word of God says, and Moses had said, let's get on with it. And then, obviously, he was sort of put on the backside of the desert in obscurity. And Moses felt that he would have to live in obscurity for the rest of his days. Now, he was faithfully going about his task and so forth. But all of a sudden, God broke through. Isn't that wonderful? You know, you and I, we're going through. We're doing all we can. We're following what we believe God has called us by His Spirit. That God has called us as a church, as a body, as individuals to, to, make, to be that light that Alice read there in the Word of God. To be light and salt in the... That, that God wants us to be. We talked about it last week. Even when it gets dark, you know, you stand outside and it's really dark. You look at the stars and the stars are shining bright. Even today, as dark as we see that the environment or the atmosphere, or whatever you want to call it, the, the spiritual domain is getting, your light can make a difference in what God is planning and what God is doing in this world today. Amen. 
Your light can shine in the darkness today. It's the light of Christ in you and in me that shines forth in all of these things. But yet you feel like, man, is anything happening here? Is God going to turn this thing around? Is he going to do something today? Is he going to interrupt what I see happening in society today where there are people, policemen getting killed? There's no respect for authority anymore, not like they were in my lifetime anyway. I was scared to death. If I saw a police car that even maybe came up behind me and maybe I wasn't speeding no matter what, there's no lack of respect for authority today. You know, I run there and where, I, where we live, and there's a, a state trooper, and his, um, he's got his Tahoe there. It's got the lights on top of it, and then it's got the white hood. Call it the black and whites. We know that. Have you ever had a black and white come up behind you pretty quickly like that? And you know for sure you're going to get a ticket. Well, I want to tell you, I run in the morning past this Tahoe that's got there the, the lights on top of it, and I'm looking at that thing, and I'm going, Lord, help me never see that car pull up behind me, you know? And so we see here that things are getting darker and darker and darker. And so we see in Moses' life, he's put kind of like out to pasture. The wonderful thing about it is, is that we're not put out to pasture in God's kingdom. Amen. We are not, obviously, put out to pasture. We are important in what God is doing in the earth today. And the wonderful thing about that is, even in the smallest task that you and I have on a regular basis, I want to just say this to you today. I hope you can receive it. And that is, is God uses those to build to make us more like Jesus, and to build his kingdom. You may feel like that you're not making any, obviously, um, advancement in God's kingdom, that you feel like you're just not making any success. You're not doing anything for God. When you work and you do it as unto the Lord, let me tell you, it blesses God's heart. It may be the smallest thing, and it may be what we may think to be the, the largest, and it's making a difference in the kingdom of God. He says, as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. He's saying when you do these things, no matter how big and no matter how small it is, that you've done it as unto the Lord. You are making a difference. But you see, the old accuser of the brethren will come along and he'll say, you're not doing anything. You're not making any progress in this spiritual life. You, you're obviously, you're trying hard. You're coming to church here on Sunday. You're doing this and that. You're trying to do these types of things, and you're not making any success. And he whispers in your ears and my ears on a continual basis. He is the accuser of the brethren. And I want to tell you tonight, today, that, that you and I are making a difference in the kingdom of God, not because of us, but by the grace of God, because that's the way God has ordained it. Do you know Lighthouse Fellowship is breaking through the darkness in League City and beyond? Do you believe it? I believe it with all my heart. I'm not bragging on it. I'm boasting in Jesus, okay? So don't get me wrong. But I want to tell you, this church is making a difference in this community and beyond. Don't let the devil tell you anything differently. Go on about the work of the Lord, but you've got to know that when the enemy comes along and tells you you're not doing anything, you need to just stay put where you are. God breaks through. 
God has a divine interruption in your life and my life to say, no, that's not true. We are working as unto the Lord. And so when we see Moses here, he was going through the routine and maybe the predictable just like we do every day here. We, we get up in the morning, we go to work, we go to our job, we come home, we do a few chores, and then we, we get some rest there. And, and then all of a sudden, God interrupts the routine and gives us a fresh assignment. I believe God has given people in this church a fresh assignment in 2019. I believe that he is changing things in the, in the environment, in the spiritual realm today. He's changing it, and we're seeing these changes today. And we won't end on what God is doing in the earth today. And a lot of times, that's my prayer. I'll say, Lord, show me what you're doing. And when I see what you're doing, then I will, can I join you in that? Because it's really God's work out ahead of us. It's called prevenient grace. God is working in that realm out front of us. And we want to be a part of what God is doing in the earth today. It's his work, his power, his strength. He's changing lives out there, church. Cindy and I went to a doctor here this past week and to help with Cindy's neuropathy. And uh, we, I believe maybe there's some real positive things that are happening with her. And uh, we were there, and I told you here several couple weeks ago that in the Pizza Hut that we were we were eating in, they were playing contemporary Christian music. Y'all remember what I said? And I asked the guy, I said, "You get any pushback on this?" And he said, "No, not at all." He said, "I'm a Christ- I'm a Christian. I'm not getting any. That's this is who we are." And remember, we talked about our identity in Christ. It's who you are. We stand up. We stand up for Jesus. And so. We walked in that place and hear Christian music is being played in this doctor's office. And so uh, we talked and all, and the doctor came in and, and uh, was doing some procedures with Cindy and so forth. And we went out with uh, one of the attendants, one of the ladies that worked with the doctor. And uh, I said, it's Christian music. Who in here is a Christian? She goes, we all are. I said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And so I went, oh, all of you. And I said, you are? Yes, I am. And she, from now, for the next hour and a half, began to talk about what God was doing in her life and not not pointing to, to her at all, but where God had placed her in a prison ministry in the Darrington unit in Rocheron and how they were training and and teaching there, the inmates, how to even talk to their children. And she was telling us about this and that, and and all, I mean, for an hour and a half, and she was nonstop. It was like, you just sit and listen to her. She's 28 years old and in love with Jesus, and she wanted to tell the world about Jesus, was not obnoxious, was not just, I mean, you know, sometimes just kind of overbearing with that. But man, you knew where she stood. God's broke through in what she's doing in that church. I believe God wants to break through. I believe just like when when God came and 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 He was the bush there was in the burning bush, but the bur- the bush was not being consumed. Obviously, the Bible says that Moses turned aside. In other words, Moses stopped for a moment to hear what God had to say. I believe that God is going to get our attention in 2019 
to where there'll be some divine interruptions in your life and my life that will obviously change our lives forever because Moses was changed. Now, when he first started this journey, if you remember, he started talking about the fact that, hey, let's get on with the Lord, and he killed the Egyptian. He took matters in his own hands. Now God said, I'm ready to use you. And remember what Moses did at that point? He began to backtrack. He was like, wait a minute, Lord, I can't talk because I'm, you know, my speech is not as good. I, I don't like getting up in front of people. I don't like doing this, and I don't like doing that. Remember all the excuses? And God continued to stress upon him, I will be with you. I'm going to speak through you. In the divine interruptions in your life and my life, God is going to obviously come and expect us to step out in faith and see the miracles of God work in our lives and people around us today. He always pushes us out of our comfort zone. He always takes and begins to just sort of prod us. You know, he prepares us, and Moses was prepared in that sense. But he begins to sort of like, you've heard people say, you know, you've got to get out of the boat to be able to walk on water. He's going to push a lot of us out of the boat, trust me, okay? I don't want to stay in the boat. I want to get out on the boat and get on the water. I want to do things for Jesus. But when that divine interruption takes place, then we've got to be ready to be faithful and say and move out when God calls us because we see here in divine interruptions that God is sovereign. He does it when he wants to. What we do, we've always said, and, and I use the terminology, we get our gardens cleaned up, right? You know, when you get weeds in your garden and all and you get out there and you pull them up, you get your garden clean. Get your life clean before the Lord. Holy, holy, holy. We heard that because God is a holy God and we can get our life. We can come and we can say, Lord, get rid of this stuff here. Get rid of these weeds in my garden. That's the sin that obviously is there in our lives. Get rid of it. Pull it out, Lord. I don't want it anymore because as God begins to move and I believe this move of God, he's going to interrupt our plans. He's going to interrupt our church services. He's going to interrupt our teaching. He's going to interrupt our lives when we're driving down the road. He's going to interrupt us to be able to get our attention. The only way he can do it is interrupt us because we continue down the same path. The only way is when he breaks through, when love breaks through. That Toby Mac song, I was changed. When God's love broke through in my life, I was changed. You know, I, I wasn't necessarily so seeking God. It wasn't me. It was God. I remember there I was working. I had about 40 people working for me or more. I was over a manufacturing plant in Pearland. I've told a story. And, and I had a lady that um, she lived in Dickinson. Her name was Linda Hughes. I'll never forget it. She was a Christian, and she was uh, saying, Jim, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God is really working in my life. What's he doing in your life? I said, I can't explain it. I'll be honest with you, but there's something going on, and my heart is being warmed to, to God. I, I've been in the church all my life. I, I was in the church, and I, I was teaching young people about the Lord, and I had to get into the Word of God and read and study and all because they'll ask you a question. Y'all know young people will ask you a question that you, if you don't have the answers and so forth, you're going to feel like a fool. And she said, God is working in my life. 
And I said, she goes, I think he's working in your life, isn't he? I said, yes. And so I began to just ask the Lord. I said, I have no idea what you're doing, Lord. And, and I don't know what this all means. I never had that. God, that, and you see what God was doing. I look back and say, he was setting me up for a divine interruption. He was setting me up to break through in my life, to change my life forevermore. I knew I needed to know my, the forgiveness that Jesus gave. I realized I was not really certain about that. I realized that, you know, yeah, I've been raised in the church and I accepted Christ, but I knew there was something more in my relationship with Jesus that I was not experiencing. Linda said, she was my right-hand person when I worked there in manufacturing. She, she, she took, took care of me. I was the manager, but she worked it out, I want to tell you. And she goes, God's doing something. And she would bring something. She goes, read this. She goes, these things. And, and I started just seeking the Lord. And I realized it was not me. It was God. And then all of a sudden, in November of 1985, love broke through. God interrupted my plans. I was going along, man, I was getting bonuses. I was making money and at that particular time. I was doing just good. And all of a sudden, love broke through. And God revealed himself in a special and personal way. I want to tell you, I wasn't the same, never been the same since. Oh, man, I, I, I desire and hunger for more of God in my heart. But let me tell you, I wasn't, I'll never be the same again. When God divinely interrupts you and me, just like he did Moses. He said, get out here. I'm ready to use you. You see today, you're not excluded from that. You say, that's a preacher talking. I'm talking about he wants to do it with God's people. But we have to get in a place to be able to receive that. And it may be you feel like you're on the backside of the desert. You feel like there's nothing in your life happening. In fact, sometimes we think, man, we've gone in the opposite direction. We've gone away from what God would have us to do. And maybe everything in your world has crumbled. Everything. We've gone through the floods and we've gone through this. We've gone through that. And maybe you're like, golly day, man, Lord, I just come and do whatever you want to do in my life. And then all of a sudden, when you surrender all, God breaks through. That's what he did with Moses. He's sovereign and he does that in his own way. But also, I want to tell you, there's an opportunity of divine interruption there. You see, this is Moses' opportunity to fulfill the purpose, God's purpose in his life. And really, to be honest with you, you all know this, is when you stand before God Almighty and he says, you know, basically, what right do you have to be there if this is the way it's spoken? And you go, I've got Jesus, I've got Jesus you know, thinking about it in our own way of, of, of P-mind thinking and so forth. But I've got Jesus here with me. I've accepted Christ. He'll know that, of course. But he'll go, what did you do with your life? What opportunities did I give you? Did you do? Did you fulfill? Did you fulfill your calling, your destiny in Christ? Did you do what I've called you to do? And you see, obviously, divine interruptions present those opportunities because Moses' life was never the same and he was able to fulfill. Now, obviously, God was preparing him on the backside of the desert all of his life, even when he's put him in that little bassinet down on the Nile River and, and all, even all those things, he was preparing them, but he had to be ready to say yes to God. You see, what happens in life is somehow it breaks down our arrogance 
and our prideful self-confidence. Doesn't it do that to you? It does it to me. It breaks my arrogance, and it breaks down my self-confidence, and I realize that without God, I can't do anything. I realize that, that in a broken state, that if God doesn't do this in and through me or for me, then it's not going to get done. Moses and that self-kept arrogance that he had when he killed the Egyptian and took matters in his own hands, we know that, and then he wound up on the backside of the desert. Sometimes, I don't know how many of you in here could say it, don't raise your hand, but you know, have you felt like sometimes you've taken matters in your own hands? You said, and man, it just blew up on you. You didn't seek the Lord. You didn't give your heart to the Lord. Maybe you look back over my life and man, things blew up on me. Remember Noah? Noah's going along, minding his own business, doing his work, and all of a sudden God broke through. God said, hey, I want you to build this boat. Now, how foolish was that? Didn't even know what a boat was. Build this thing. And it's not going to take you just a couple months to get it done. It's going to take you over 100 years to get this thing done. And Noah, by faith, believed God. God is looking for faith in his people's lives. Your faith, my faith, and Jesus, not to give up, not to turn away and, and say, oh, I'm throwing the towel in, becoming apathetic in our Christian walk, but pressing in to God Almighty. God is telling us today, don't give up. Keep on keeping on, church. Keep it on, keep it on. He's got plans for Lighthouse Fellowship. He's got plans for each of our individual lines, lives. Don't give up. Noah didn't give up. Remember Abram? He said, leave that uh, country, uh, leave Ur of Chaldeans and, and step out. And I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Remember? And he stepped out. He goes, I, I, you know, Sarah can't, she can't get pregnant. She can't get pregnant. She's 90 years old. You know, she can't. And they waited and waited and waited. Finally, boom, suddenly, here comes the baby. Totally impossible. This is the same God today. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's the same God that works these things out. Don't give up. Remember in Judges chapter 6, Gideon? Gideon was scared to death, the, the Midianites. They had uh, abused him, and he was at the bottom of the threshing floor just trying to stay out of it. Some of us, you know, I want to sometimes just withdraw and pull back and sort of get out of the limelight, get out of the picture, and maybe somehow the devil's going to leave me alone. Any of you know he doesn't leave you alone. You can get on the backside, and you can sort of like hide, try to hide, but you can't. And this is Gideon. And remember, God had a plan for him. All these stories, obviously, are to encourage you to be. And then the angel showed up and said, Oh, mighty man of valor. Oh, mighty. Like, you know, you, you're great and all that. And Gideon probably looked around and said, Who's this angel talking to? I feel like I've defeated. I can't make it anymore. And yet God used Gideon to defeat the Midianites. It's the same way with us. When God breaks through, and he uses the foolish things. We know 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it talks about, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. That's me. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, 
that no flesh should glory in his presence. In other words, man, I feel weak. He said, you're a good candidate. I feel like nothing's happening here, but I, I'm not going to give up. You're a good candidate. You feel like, my goodness, God has put you on a shelf, and he may, he's not. He's getting ready to use you, and you, you're a candidate for God's grace and his mercy and his power and your life. You know, somehow, well, here we are over here on 3rd Street, 925 3rd Street, and we're over here tucked away. And you see all these things happening today and you're wondering, man, have we been tucked away and so forth? No, God is saying today that I'll break through in this church. I'll break through in your lives. I'll break through and give you a fresh anointing. I'll break through and do something special in your life that will change your life forever. And then the first thing we say is, Lord, I can't speak. I'm getting too old. I can't do this and that. And God said, no, you're never too old. When you get to heaven, we'll get a new body, obviously, after the resurrection, and we'll work for him forever. And we'll never get tired, of course. But until that time, he's not done with us. He's not done with Lighthouse Fellowship. So be ready when God breaks through. But also we see there the responsibility of divine interruption. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Obviously, we've got to partner with his spirit and the opportunity to be part of what he's doing here. We have to turn aside, listen to what God is saying to us today. Obviously, God's not asking you and me to do what we can do for him. He doesn't need any of that. God is asking you and me to let him do it through us so that we can never boast in it. We know it's all God. It's all God. Isn't that great? All he's asking is for a fresh surrender. You remember what happened to King there when King Uzziah died and Isaiah had a divine interruption in Isaiah. He said, my, woe is me. Because he had a vision of, of God Almighty on his throne. He goes, I, I'm undone. I'm, I'm not clean. And here a holy God is there. And, and remember the seraphim, they took the coals, symbolic, I believe, the blood of Jesus, and touched to his lips and cleansed him. And he said this, after he'd been cleansed, he said, here am I, send me. What happens in divine interruptions is actually, we'll say, here am I, send me. I'm ready for this fresh assignment. I'm ready to do what you've called me to do because... I realized it's all you. And God, you have shown me that I need to surrender. I need to give my life more fully to the Lord. I need to come before you, and I need that song. I surrender all. And when we say all, I mean every part of us. The Bible says that we offer our bodies to him, which means the totality of who we are. As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord, our spiritual act of worship, He's saying, give yourselves to the Lord. You want divine interruptions? You want God to break through when love broke through that Toby Max sings that song? I love it. It's a, it's a bouncy type of uh, rap type music. I want to tell you today, when love breaks through, we're going to have that fresh assignment and we're going to say yes to the Lord. And all I say today is certainly, it's not about us. It's about him. I say this today is that, that when God breaks through, in preparation for that, and, and I don't want to use the word, word warning, 
but I'm giving you preparation because God is a God of breakthroughs. God does that. He did that for all of those people. David, he broke through. You know, nobody thought David was of any worth. He was the last one. And remember there, Samuel went in and talked to the family and said, is, is somebody else here, isn't it? And they go, oh, yeah, we got an old stinking son out there on the hillside with a sheep named David. Oh, bring him in here. And he was the one that God chose. Isn't that great? Y'all been with any stinky sheep lately? <laughs> life's kind of like that, isn't it? Life's kind of like that. With a stinky sheep. And ah, just a mundane thing on the hillside trying to tend to sheep who they wander away. They're dumb animals. They're not, they're not very smart at all. <laughs> In fact, they're not. And yet Samuel said, go get him because he's the one God's chosen. Isn't it great today that when God looks at you and me, that he doesn't see us as we sometimes see ourselves. He says, you're the one I want to put my hand on. You're the one I want to divinely interrupt. You're the one I want to break in on and reveal truth to your heart, that you can share that truth with other people. We need to know that truth. And people need to know the truth. I want to say this. What we see happening in New York, Vermont, Virginia, and it will continue to travel across this country. You and I have to stand for truth. To stand for righteousness. And I want to encourage you today, and I will continue to encourage you as long as I'm pastor here. And that is just that scripture that Alice wrote, let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light so shine before all men. You see, when it gets darker, the Bible says that in Isaiah that God will raise up a standard against him. And in Isaiah 60, he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and darkness covers the earth. Before this thing is over with, darkness will be covering, will be permeating this earth. But he says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord comes upon you. You and I can let our light shine. We can stand for righteousness in these things. We can pray against those spirits that are obviously conducting business in some of those states that we see happening and ask God to rebuke them. Zechariah, we learned this past week, and Zechariah was talking about the accuser of the brethren, Zechariah chapter 3, and talked about that God rebuked the enemy. You remember there with Job? The Bible says in Job chapter 1, he was a blameless man. He was upright. He was integrity. And remember what God said? God said this. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Have you thought about him? Because his light's shining. He's living a life for me. He wasn't perfect, obviously. He's not. Nobody is. We need the blood. But he said, 
Have you considered them? You know what I'm looking at today, and I don't ask for any trials and tribulations. But maybe God is looking at your life. Maybe in a way that you're trying to walk, you want to walk in the holiness of the Lord. You want to be right with Him and right with other people. Maybe God says even to the enemy and says, have you considered such and such? Have you considered? You know, to be worthy of that, that he would even say that. Have you considered Lighthouse Fellowship? We don't ask for anything, but maybe God says, have you considered? Why? Because we're walking blameless before the Lord. Not perfect, but blameless before the Lord. There's a difference there in seeking the Lord. You see today, when your life is walking righteously before God, you're going to track some opposition. Be aware of that. But at the right time, God will break through with a divine intervention in your life my life. I'm asking for him to break through that we can be used. Life is short. I want to be used to the fullest for God and his kingdom. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you for your presence. Oh, God, we ask we take this seriously. And Lord, maybe it's divine interruptions that maybe in some of our lives that we're going a particular direction. You're saying, I want you to go this way. And so, Lord, we as right now yield our lives to you to say, Lord, cut us off at the past. And let us head in your direction. Divinely interrupt us. Break through that we'll fulfill our destiny in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.